Welcome to the Infill Podcast, where we interview the most interesting members of the 3D printing and maker communities live and with audience participation. And now, here is your host, Jonathan Levy. Welcome, welcome, welcome to a very early edition of the Infill Podcast, everyone. You can see I just woke up from a nap myself, and I'm really excited to be here because today we are going to meet an up-and-coming YouTube creator, Rem Thompson, who not only produces YouTube content, but has actually been in 3D printing longer than I have and is selling prints and laser cut products and all kinds of different stuff. He has a newer channel, but is growing quickly. Rem, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing? I'm doing great. It's nice and early for me, and that was uh, that was the hard part, honestly. But yeah, everything we're is, hanging in uh, there because I'm excited to be here. Everything's downhill from here, right? It's all all easy from here. Rem, I uh, I habitually do a really bad job at bios, so I'd love if you could give us uh, your bio and your background a little bit. I hear that there's a bird in the background, but besides that, give us a little bit of information about you and uh, how you got into 3D printing, who you are, what you do. All right, so I started printing in like 2017. The original goal, I got really into FPV drones and 3D printing right at the same time. Mm -hmm. And the original thought process was, well, if I buy a 3D printer first, that'll make fixing the FPV drones easier as time goes on. Right. Well, 3D 3D printing proved to be the easier and way more addicting of the two, way less learning curve than flying. So it's just... It's been nonstop since then. Um, it started, my high school AP chemistry teacher was one of those guys who would come in on a lot of days and not really want to teach. So <laughs> we would watch a lot of Netflix documentaries. And we watched one on, I think it was, was it MakerBot? The, I've seen it that was one. one of the first big, one of the first big up and comers. And I was interested, but that was when home printers were still thousands of dollars. Yep. So. I bought my first printer, a TiVo Tornado, using PayPal credit that I didn't have the money for <laughs> at all because I wanted to get into it. And it was a 300 by 300 by 300 machine CR10 clone because I thought you had to have a big printer. Well, I never printed anything bigger than these cable pucks on it. I was yeah. too scared to use the full bill volume. So traded scared that of off what? for a, traded it for a Prusa. I was afraid of high-risk print failures because that was on bare borosilicate glass. All we had then was Aquanet hairspray and a prayer, man. That's the quote I used to in my last podcast. I used to take one quote uh, of like the best thing or funniest thing the guest said. And uh, I don't do it in this podcast, which maybe I should, but that would be the quote for years. All we had then, man, was Aquanet hairspray and a prayer. Note to self, that's that's the quote. That's amazing. I love, I love, uh, this hobby has grown like crazy, crazy, crazy. And I feel like most of the people I talk to, except like Joel Telling and Angus from Maker's Muse, they're from like my class, if you will, my generation of like 2020. Mm-hmm. So I love talking to people even from three years before because it is a exponential difference in terms of your experience. And I, I mean experience not, I mean, both. I mean, experience both in terms of how much mileage you have, but also in terms of like your, the experience that you have had, the the journey that you've had is so different from those of us who came in when, as a perfect example, when PEI beds, PEI beds were standard, when Octoprint was, sta- I mean, everyone 
knew about it already. It was always an option for me to have a Wi-Fi enabled printer. I don't know a time where I couldn't, you know, with some fidgeting and, and some beg borrowing and stealing to find a used Raspberry Pi, I always was able to get a Wi-Fi enabled printer and spaghetti failure. You know a time that was very different. Uh, so t tell me about that. And obviously you, you said high school, this was uh, senior year of high school. So like, what was the journey from that first TiVo tornado to making this a side hustle? I understand it's still a side hustle for you, but yeah, go on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the TiVo was not a great printer. And then, I mean, it did what I needed to. It, it got me hooked. It was, uh, yeah. it was that drug that got me in, right? Um, we, we quickly went from that and some other Ender 3 style machines. Um, I didn't print a lot the first couple of years because the machine wasn't reliable. And I actually had it in the back office at the company I used to work for. Mm -hmm. um, I took it there because I didn't have space at home. And one of the guys that I worked with had an old CME CNC Delta printer way back. Okay. Like circa, tw circa 2015 or so. Yeah. So he was in it. So he was in it before me even. Which was cool because I had somebody to kind of lean on for experience. He actually helped me with my first OctoPrint config, cool. set up port forwarding and a custom IP address. Cool. Um, you know that was that was back when everybody just had Raspberry Pis to spare, and we just had heaps of them laying around. Yeah. We actually used them at work. We uh, had this custom kiosk interface that he had set up, and we used them regularly. So we just had mountains of Raspberry Pis everywhere. So he had experience and was able to help kind of guide me there. Cool. And it was just it was just a lot of milling around and screwing around doing stuff and then in twenty twenty when everything started to go sideways, um what I ended up uh, going COVID with went sideways. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep. When the when the world got quiet and really loud at the same time. Okay. I thought you um, meant things went sideways with like the printing or something. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Oh, oh no, no. Well, no more than no more than usual with the machines that we had done. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. When my my friend Nick and I, uh, we were we were printing a lot of ear savers and donating them to medical staff. So I needed to up my printer capability. So at that point, I traded off my I traded my tornado for a Prusa. Mm -hmm. My my buddy Mac had a Prusa Mark II. He hadn't done the two point five upgrade, which was the first thing that I did to it. Right. Uh, he's really into cosplay. Does a lot of he did a full Mando cosplay, um, great photo shoots with it, but needed needed the build volume, so I managed to get a Prusa from a yeah. CR10 clone. Cool. Super win for me, right? Right. Before long, I had four FDM printers in my living room and bedroom, and as of the moment, I still have a 3D printer in every room of my house. That's every cool. single one has a printer in it. Yep. That's cool. I live alone. I don't cook, so the resin printer lives on the stove. <laughs> Laptop stove. It's easy to clean. And then you you have a day job. Is that in any way related to engineering? No, no. I sell cars. Okay. Is the dream to become yep. a full time maker? Or you know, creator, it say. could be. It it could be. I I really am enjoying making videos. Um, I'm doing it alongside one of my best friends. Um, I have a, I have a really tight knit group of, there's four of us and I have been directly or indirectly responsible for perversing all of them into the world of 3d printing in one way or another. Yeah. Because you know, it's, it's an addiction that grows. 
Absolutely. And one of my best friends, Bo, he and I bought some really nice cameras at the turn of the year and cool. got into photography and messing around with that a little bit and started kind of a photography business. So he's uh, he's actually been shooting weddings on Saturdays. I don't know if, how much you know about the car industry, but that's our busiest day of the week. So right. he's, what kind of cameras instead of getting to ride, you guys shoot? Uh, I've got a Sony ZV-E10 and he's got an A7 IV. Yeah, that's a that's a beast so, of a camera. The autofocus on those Sony's is, I hear legendary. I don't like the yes, interface. I I've heard very good things. It's uh, it's a little bit clunky to operate, but I mean that was my that's, experience. Uh, yeah, that was my experience. For I my shoot first mix, everything myself, Mandic really, uh, CNC Kitchen. And and one other that I'm forgetting, we all shoot Lumix just because it's so easy to to navigate for video, but the autofocus sucks. So there's yeah, that. that's the see that's the trade off. Totally. So so you I cut you off there. You're not sure if this is a full time thing for you or always going to be a hobby and passion side gig. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to say what the future holds. Um, it's just going to depend on how things grow. Right now, it's uh, it's a lot of long nights and most of the weekend. Yep. Um, but it's it's easier because I was able to divvy up the workload. I realized really quickly into this, like after my first couple of videos, that based off of my work schedule and availability, I don't have a lot of time left to edit after I'm done filming. Yes. So my friend Bo, I brought him on, and he is my cameraman when we're doing a multicam video. Cool. He is my editor producer. Cool. I mean, he's handling all of he's handling all the heavy lifting stuff, so I can focus on pr- actually figuring out what we're going to do for content and dealing with some of the more business side of things. Yeah, I was so going to say, how does it's kind of a team does, effort? I remember talking to Stefan of CNC Kitchen. And he told me, he's like, you know what surprises me so much about your channel, Jonathan, is that you've been able to sustain. Now, again, I come from a business background. This is like my fifth business. But he's like, it amazes Mm. me that you're sustaining a shop and two employees, albeit in the Philippines where salaries are lower. Shop, two employees, and yourself and your mortgage off of 50K subs. And we talked about different expense structures and how much I release content and stuff like that. And now I'm feeling the same thing, uh, you know, with you, like you're sustaining, I mean, obviously you have a day job. Do you mind going into the financials of you and Bo? Are you both doing it as a resume builder or are you bringing in enough uh, revenue through sponsorships and affiliate to where Bo can be compensated and you can be compensated? Is, Is it a labor of love for both of you? You don't have to share. You can say, I'd rather not talk about it. It is 100% labor of love. This channel has a operating budget of like negative $100 a month. Okay. I mean, we're, we're, we're straight up cash loss at this point. Interesting. Um, I, yeah, I made, a risky, I made a risky job move earlier this year, and I left a cushy office job to go try something, and it, it blew up in my face. But I've never taken a risk in my life, so I thought now was the time while I'm still young enough to fix it. 100%. And I, so then I, so I got lucky with uh, the job I'm at right now. And he's actually, he's actually a truck driver for a living. So right now we're both in a really good spot where we both have stable day job income that we can, we can work on growing this in the background. 
Uh, but everything, all the camera gear, um, the machines up to this point have been purchased by me or wow. subsidized by selling stuff. I sell, I sell enough prints here and there that most of my materials pay for themselves. Okay. I um, want to touch on that we and then definitely get into that in a sec. Um, well, let's give it up for Bo, the unsung hero of uh, Rem Thompson's Maker Shed, because it's so important, the, yeah. the kind of behind the scenes, behind, behind the curtain, behind the scenes as I drop things behind the scenes. It's so important to have that. <laughs> it's really awesome that you've identified early on, like the editing part isn't for me. I mean, there are makers like uh, Graham Thompson still edits his own damn videos, which is crazy to me. Um, but that's very, very cool. And if, if I can be a resource to you in any way on like, uh, you know, experience sharing or advice on how, how to grow the channel faster or, or monetize or anything like that, I've learned a lot, a lot of it through mistakes in the last year. It's been a crazy journey and, uh, yeah, feel free, feel free to hit me up. Um, okay. So, so selling prints is one of the ways you fund. I'm also flabbergasted at like mm -hmm. you're buying the printers. There's a lot of times where I've said, like, I'll, I'll give real numbers. I don't care. There, there's a once in a while opportunity where the, the printer is so good. Uh, and I'm early enough with the video, like the P1S video did really well for me. I mean, it paid me, mm -hmm. it, it was enough to cover my rent at my studio for months, a few months, which is phenomenal. Wow. The ad sense okay. on it is like three or four hundred dollars but most review videos if i want to do a review video you're literally talking about in the in the like six to eight weeks maybe a couple hundred dollars in adsense revenue so it, it really is like i want people watching to know like sponsorships are annoying but if sponsorships didn't exist most of our channels would not exist i can't live on that my my mortgage is unbelievably high and uh you know i pay it through other means and, and past businesses and stuff like that but I still need to make a living to, you know, pay for college and stuff right. like that for my kids. So like it literally is the case when, when most YouTubers, unless it's like a personal finance or tech, like MKBHD, his RPMs and Linus tech tips, they're really high because they're selling tech and Samsung and Apple are running ads on their videos. Anyway, I digress. It, when, when YouTubers say like these videos wouldn't be possible without the sponsors, it's, it's absolutely true. Um, mm -hmm. and so it's like if you're buying the printers, imagine I had to buy the P1S if there weren't a solid affiliate program on there. And then also I've gone back and forth talking with Mandic really about this. Like there's, you know, people say like, oh, you got the machine for free. You're biased, which, which yes, maybe, right? Because I would love to work with that company in the future and you feel some obligation, even though you know, you and I have so many 3D printers, like what's one more 3D printer to me or to you? Nothing, not worth my reputation. Mm -hmm. But there's a flip side of that, which is you invest in money to buy this printer. You want to make that money back, ideally through affiliate sales and or, you know, the company not hating you. So maybe in the future, they'll sponsor you. So you're biased either way. You know what I mean? Like you ha you've sunk money into making this video. Um, Either way, you're kind of biased in terms of. Anyway, my point is, uh, good on you that that you're buying the printers, and I mean that that really goes to show your dedication. Well, that's uh, that's why we only have two like halfway machine reviews on the channel. One of them being the Anycubic Cobra Go, which is over here hiding in the corner. 
Right. I purchased that machine with the help of Bo. We bought it for $140 at Micro Center wow. with the purpose of giving it away. We bought it strictly for comp- for content. Yeah. And when the channel hits 1,000 subscribers, we're going to give it away to somebody in the States along with a couple spools of Polymaker filament. Nice. Which uh, that's, well, that's something to I'm trying to do more Link to the channel in the description of, if you guys want to be eligible. Make sure to follow yeah. the channel. What has been your biggest challenge? I, I love giving stuff away. Channel? Yeah, it's it's awesome. I wish I could. If being in Israel, I give away a lot of stuff, but it's all local because I shipping is such okay. a hassle here. I believe it. Um, yeah. the the biggest obstacle that I've had is by nature, I'm not a creative person. I'm I'm a dreamer, and I don't have a lot of the roadmap to realize the ideas that I have. Okay, and I can't. I can't pay attention to save my life, so I get bored of projects quickly. Yeah. Um, the the hard part is coming up with content that I think that I would care about. Like, obviously, it matters what the viewer overall wants to see, but I have to treat myself like a viewer. And if I can't get behind a video idea, then absolutely, why would somebody else? I do want to just. If it's not for me, it's not for yeah. you. I want to interject on the I'm not a creative person because that's bullshit total bullshit and i'll tell you why uh creativity is your birth i used i used to teach accelerated learning uh speed reading creativity like thinking skills you know i've written three books mm-hmm. on the topic we are all born creative and it is taken from us it is something that is taken from you it, i guarantee you if you ask your mm-hmm. mom like what was i like playing when i was a child she'd say oh my god you had the best imagination ram and da, da, da. that is something that was bred out of you by the education system, by life experience, you are a creative person in the same way that like, we are all born flexible. I don't know if you're, I'm really into like this natural body movement, barefoot shoes thing. I have two, two kids and you know, Mm. we are all able when we're born to touch our toes to the back of our heads, right? That is something that is taken from us or that we give up by sitting all day in chairs, right? So it's like, as a human being, Again, there are, you know, there are people who suffer from autism spectrum disorder and things like that. But as a human being who is neurotypical, that creativity is your birthright. You just need to figure out how to rediscover it. And the first step to that is take the I'm not a creative person thing out of your lexicon. You can say things like, oh, I haven't trained my creativity in a long time. But you have that. Sorry, I just I had to. I no, didn't no, ask that's... for advice. You didn't ask for the pep talk, but like the teacher in me, you are a hundred percent creative. Uh, you are probably just okay. in the same way that, you know, we're all, uh, we're very, what's the word in English? Um, impulsive, right? Like t- typically mm. it's part of our survival instinct. You see an opportunity, you go on it. That is bred out of us. It's probably a good thing because we live in a society, but like the creativity is, is inherently part of who, each and every one of us, again, neurotypical human beings. Uh, right. And especially if you tell me you have a hard time paying attention and staying on things, that is because I imagine there's maybe some ADD, what what we call ADD in there. Uh, that's because oh, you have an, an active imagination. You're a dreamer, as you said. That's all. Dreaming is creativity. It's just you. you are rusty in applied creativity. Is how I would reframe that. That's that's a great way to put that. Yeah, that's that's my biggest obstacle is just trying to come up with concepts that I think people would genuinely care about. 
So what if or I told that you I would care about? <laughs> what if I told you again? Now I'm fully going into personal development, Jonathan. You guys are getting a taste. Um, you can actually there are exercises that within 30 minutes you can double or triple someone's creativity. Not that it's a measurable, quantifiable thing, but literally I used to do this at the beginning of my accelerated learning course just to show people that like people say I have a bad memory. I'm like. All right, I will teach you to memorize the first 50 numbers of pi in the next 10 minutes. If I show you that, will you stop saying I have a bad memory? And they're like, oh my God, I could do that. You know, and it's all technique. So uh, take a piece of paper. Don't do this now because we're on a podcast, but everyone can do this in the audience. Uh, take a piece of paper, take any object around you. This is like a, a scientifically proven exercise. And after you do it, you can do it anytime you want. And the effects are compounding, but also if you want, if you're about to sit down and generate a list of ideas, do this exercise first. Take the first object that comes up to you. I picked, of course, a very freaking difficult object, with the, which is a camera battery. Write down 50 uses in two minutes. What will happen is, at first you will go, well, it's a battery, uh, it's a paperweight, and then you get stuck because that's the adult brain. That's what you've been taught to do is think of constraints. But then if you have to sit on that for two minutes, you'll start going, well, I could take out the metal pieces and I could uh, use them to make rust and I could use the rust from the metal pieces of the battery to make paint. That's like a really creative thing, right? Or like, well, if I, if I needed to, I could use one part of the battery to as a blinder or I could use it, uh, if I knew the exact dimensions, I could use it, use it as a measuring tool. And you'll come up with 50 uses for this that are highly creative. And again, I picked like the hardest thing ever because I you know, probably don't want to open it. I could open it and I could use it as a tongue shocker, you know, like da 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 da. And anytime mm -hmm. you do that as an exercise, you will dramatically increase your creativity. It takes two minutes. It's really impressive if you watch That's people cool. do this. And the cool thing is, if you give it, if you give that exercise to children, this is now becoming a Jonathan Levy lecture, not a Rem Thompson uh, interview. I apologize. <laughs> but if you give that exercise to children, they beat the crap out of their parents because they haven't had that training of like, no, that's a stupid idea. You know, they have none of that. Like I, I see my child, my son, my older one playing with things in such imaginative and creative ways. I'm like, oh my, how did you think to do that? Like, so anyway, play with that. Lecture out. Yeah, that's good. I love it. <laughs> uh, so that's your biggest challenge though, is generating creative ideas. Yeah, it's just getting from getting from A to B is just coming up with content that I want people to care about. Yeah. I mean, I will say I, I, after I lectured you, which was kind of out of place, um, that you're absolutely right though, in that, like, if it's not interesting to you, it's not going to be interesting to your audience. I totally feel that. Um, and you know, if you, if you make, there's certainly something to be said about doing keyword research and being like, these are the best keywords, but then picking from those keywords, the stuff that really interests right. you makes such a big difference. And I'm, I'm yep. interested in the idea of exploring like chat GPT for ideas. The, the problem being it's, it's a great, it's a great idea to explore, but chat GPT knows about trends from 20 September, 2021 and back. So mm -hmm. I've asked it for ideas. It, it knows nothing about like bamboo lab, right. Or like, uh, what's out, what's something else that's really, really new and exciting. Like Clipper Clipper is really yeah hot and yeah in 2020 uh, so it's you know that's cool vid iq is is what i use for keyword research and they have an ai tool built in yes and uh it uh i 
I had it auto generate a video description for me out of curiosity. Cool. And it said, what it said, the uh, bamboo labs, any cubic 3d printer. And I laughed really hard when I was reading that. Yeah. And there are very few people around me that could relate to why that was actually funny. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. So you sell prints and laser laser products. Tell me about that. Mm -hmm. Like, how's that work so, for you? Is it, I think everyone with a 3d printer has a moment of like, Oh my God, I could make money with this. And then the long tail is long. Like I would say, you know, it's probably an mm -hmm. order. Of, it's like a bell curve distribution of like 99% of people don't ever make any money with it. So fill me in on that. Yeah. So we're not all going to be rep horde. Yeah. I mean, to be, to be real, we're not all going to have what pooch has with it. The thing is that I've found like you can, you can make money like Patrick W3D, um, another awesome growing content creator. Uh, he's able to do some local craft fairs and things. So when you've mm -hmm. got the, the Patreon situation handled, when you're subscribing to the like merchant version of a creator's Patreon to do it on the up and up, you show up to your local craft fair. People are like, wow, I've never seen anything like this dragon before. And you sell a bunch of 3d printed stuff, which is cool, but it's not always sustainable. Like I'm pretty sure he was able to buy two 3d printers from a couple of recent craft shows. I've tried to go the other route and design my own things. And I realized really quickly that I hate dealing with the logistics of shipping products. Yes. When it's me making it myself, I don't want to do it. Yeah. Um, I don't have any on hand, but surprise, surprise, I'm fidgety by nature. Um, so I have these little magnetic fidget sliders and I've sold hundreds of them. Really? The thing is, I, I hate going to the post office. I hate it. It's not a good experience. Right. It's in the U S though. You don't have to, you I, know, I used to have a mail order business and you can do click and ship and then you put it in your mailbox and it'll go. See, then I have to have packaging materials on hand at my house. USPS will give them to you for free. From my home. Okay. We'll see. I, so that, that was relevant 15 years ago. I used to have a mail order business 15 years ago. Or 20, okay. Oh my God. Almost 20 years, 20 years ago. Holy crap. I'm old. Um, but they'll, they'll I, give you free what materials. What I prefer is dealing in bulk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, these Just things are idea. like one inch by one inch. So I think even with, like, I feel bad charging somebody $7 for shipping because yeah. that's what the post office charges. You can send so it So whenever I would sell them on Etsy. For four, but yeah, no, I, okay. I hear you. Okay. I hear you. I Poor Ram came here today. I'm just giving you a lecture. flat rate. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'm learning. I'm I'm all about learning opportunities. That's man. the attitude, that's... right? Uh, priority mail is expensive yeah. for sure. When I was in the game, it was seven bucks. Any weight? That was a long time ago. Yeah, mm. but it's it's hassle. It's hassle. It I don't want to deal with. Uh, I pref I prefer dealing with bulk stuff. Yep. So like. I have a guy who's he orders custom branded fidget sliders. There you go. And he like because he likes to give them to his customers. He yep. leaves them as marketing materials. Sits in on meetings and they're like, "What in the world are you doing?" He'll leave them with one and they'll text him two days later. I get it now. Yeah. And these are these are people running multi million dollar companies. And how um, how many fidget, one, though, fidget toys can one person buy? Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, I think I've made like 300 for him so far. 
Wow. Okay. That's, that's something customer base. easier to yeah. make. I mean, it's, it's as easy to make 300 for the most part as it is. Um, how do you find customers and what else are you selling? I guess that's one product. Um, so I tried the Etsy route and that was, I really quickly determined that selling directly to consumer was not for me. I prefer, I prefer dealing wholesale. It's way easier when I'm dealing in bulk. Um, but it's, it was a little bit of asking around and then occasionally I'll have people like in my day to day life ask me to print them something, design them something and I'll give them an arbitrary price. Right. Like, right. I'm not going to make a has fortune a, with it. Uh, calculator so like, on their website where you can upload the files yep. and, um, and they'll, yep. they'll give you a, like what it should cost. I, I want to go a little bit deeper in, but I just got the ping because I always forget to do the sponsor read on this show that we have to yep. take a brief, quick moment to go uh, thank our sponsor, which today is PCBWay. Let me pull up their awesome website. You guys can all see Rem's website. PCBWay, many of you guys don't know this, uh, or you do because I've talked about it a lot, but they're not just about PCBWay, PCBs. Uh, I'm going to be in China in a week, and hopefully I'm going to get to tour their PCB factory. But let me make sure that I'm not muted as well, because I always mute myself. There we go. So PCBWay, although they are named PCBWay, they do industrial 3D printing from $5, CNC machining from $25, but they can also do uh, like really insane OEM stuff. They can do CNC machining of titanium, injection molding. They can do selective laser sintering, vacuum casting. I think at this point, there's literally no uh, fab technology that they don't do. Correct me in the comments if you guys know of a technology that they don't do. But like metal 3D printing, CNC milling, machining services, all of it. And then, of course, they also do PCBs. Uh, their quality is insane. Their pricing is insane. Their lead times are insane. They're kind of the trifecta. Uh, and I can tell you from my experience, they're wonderful people to work with. So for your next project, whether you need PCBs or a metal component or you need something CNC'd or you even need sheet metal fabricated, then check them out with the link in the comments. And thank you to PCBWay for being our longest running sponsor on the show. Because as we said, these, uh, these free internet videos that we all like to make aren't possible without sponsors. Sorry about that, Rem. Um, so, okay, okay. Break it down for me. So you also told me you did some great laser stuff and you've done 3D printing. Yep. Fill me in on the whole thing. And if you don't mind sharing, like how much revenue can this bring in if it's not your full-time deal? Yeah, so um, I actually do have a product that's in a few retail stores that I okay. designed with the help of my friend Nick, who is a mechanical engineer by trade. Okay. Um, he and I collaborated very heavily um, on a bowling ball cup. So cup. an issue that you face and the, yeah, yeah, I don't have any out here. I'm kind of annoyed with myself for not having any sitting here. Normally I have a couple laying around. So the issue is bowling balls are round, tables are flat, and any, most all competitive bowlers have several bowling balls because they all perform slightly different when they're going down the lane. Um, Interesting. Okay, I'm so, Yep. Lars says, so, this is a really like, learning I've, rich podcast. I agree, Lars. Yes, yes. So when you, you take several with you to league night or a tournament, 
you set them on a flat table, yeah, you can rest it on the thumb hole and that'll help keep it constrained, but that's kind of a nightmare for cleaning and surface maintenance, which is something that you should do for optimal performance. So I wanted to, I got requested to make some ball cups for one of the local high school teams and I wanted them to be stackable so you could carry as many with you. My friend Nick had the idea to make it a two-piece split design so that way you could hold as many, you could flat pack them basically. Is there somewhere I can and see this easy for, for branding the video viewers? What, is there somewhere I can see it um, so I can show them? Yeah, I'm trying to think of where the last place I posted these would have been. Is, it's not on your because channel. Because it's, it's actually been a while. No, I have not done any content with them. Um, I haven't actually gotten any reorders um, in the last few weeks. Let me see what I have on Instagram. Because I was posting quite a lot as I was going through the order process over there. Okay. All right. Sorry to interrupt. Keep keep talking. Um, links in uh, links in chat. Alone. Uh, yeah, work? find our chat. Yeah. Just for those watching the video, let's uh, let's show them what we're on about. Because I'm having a hard time imagining multiple yeah. layer stackable. Yeah. But that's such a great example, right? Of like. I always, so I've been an entrepreneur since I was 13, but really like I told my parents I wanted to start a company when I was four and they kind of like played along, but I started my first business when I was 12 or 13. And so people have throughout my life asked me a lot, like what's, what's the secret? I think I mentioned this on last week's podcast as well, or the last podcast that I did. And I just tell people that it, you have to get really good at just looking at problems and looking for problems and like Mm -hmm. not, not being the kind of person, which is what 99.9% of people do, which is just going, oh, this is so annoying. Oh, that sucks. And then move on. But you got to go deeper. Like I, I like to use the example of Uber. Like I can't get a cab. How many people throughout this millennia, you know, have been like, I can't get a cab. And then being like, cabs are expensive and I don't know how much it's going to cost. And, and one person, the first person to like think of Uber, I'm sure there was someone who did it before them, goes, that sucks and I bet I could do better. It's, so it's like a fair bit of hubris and a fair bit of like, yeah, you know, shaking your fist in the air. But you've given this perfect example, which I'm going to now share on screen um, of like, that's not the yeah. screen I wanted to show. That's all my contracts. Not Not ideal to show that. All right, cool. There we go. So uh, here's Rem's. Instagram and here is the Shot Maker Pro. I'm having a hard time understanding. Okay, it it folds and then it becomes the se- a ball holder. Yeah, the uh, the second link shows some pictures. I actually uh, we did a photo shoot in the Pro Shop showing them in use. That's clever. When you said stackable, I thought you meant multiple bowling balls on top of each other. Wow. So that was kind of what I was going for initially. Now this uh, is a kind great of trying product. to like nest them. You can flat yep. pack them. Someone can put them in their back pocket mm-hmm. so it's not this big bulky thing that's going to break yes. in a bag because you have bowling yep. balls kicking around. That's smart. What do you sell these for? Wholesale 6 bucks. That's phenomenal and the, I imagine it's 30 cents worth of PLA. It doesn't even need to be something tricky. It's 
I think they're about a buck forty-two a piece because I go heavy infill and I use uh, poly. I use uh, Polymax or Polymaker or Polylite Pro Series for these. Okay. I, because they need a little bit of impact resistance, a little bit of extra strength. Uh, yeah, that makes. And sense. as of the moment, I I don't have ASA or ABS capabilities reliably. Yeah. So so rugged PLA is my best choice. Polymaker is my brand of choice. So it's a little bit more expensive. It's like. 25 30 bucks a kilo but yeah. i feel a lot more comfortable in the product so i'm actually too. going through the but hold yeah, on i'm actually Pause going through really the copyright process on this design like so a doll you said a dollar 50 of plastic something like that yeah i and, haven't made i mean r d is important like right like months. you you spent time i'm not i i will never i'm a free market capitalist and i believe that free markets <laughs> get people like if, if it wasn't worth it for six bucks then your your price would come down so like i'm in no way indicting yep. i i can tell you i used to sell widgets that i would buy from china and brand and do all kinds of marketing and stuff for car mm-hmm. parts luxury car parts and if i could get a 30 okay. percent margin that was like great a 50 percent margin was insane you're looking at a 400 percent margin that is mm-hmm. freaking phenomenal wait did i do my math right there yep. i think it is right it's four dollars fifty over six. Yeah, I think four five over. I think I felt guilty about. Uh, I think I felt guilty about a five hundred percent. Three hundred. It's three hundred percent margin. I was off, but that's like, or sorry, three hundred percent markup. Your margin is yeah, whatever four fifty over six. Six. Yep. That MBA really getting uh, good. Good. Uh, I'm good advertising for my alma mater, right? Seventy five percent margin. <laughs> freaking great now obviously your time electricity wear and tear on your machines but we could safely say it's like 60 percent margin that is phenomenal and i think the reason this works though is because you created your own product you said earlier you mentioned pooch at record it's the same deal you made your own product like how much are you really going to make and by the way it's a functional product i saw this youtube video of this guy Mm -hmm. saying like yeah you can make money on crystal dragons but eventually people have seen crystal dragons someone uploaded a picture of uh they're selling them at a gas station in colorado you know they're they're everywhere now uh whereas yeah people will pay more for functional i mean shit I, if i were bowling and this saved me a tiny bit of hassle i'd pay 20 25 bucks for that especially if it if you sold it with like my bowling team's logo on it 20 25 bucks you know all customizable colors logos whatever yeah yeah, I can see you're you're putting them on a bamboo, so you could easily just hook up the AMS yep. and away you go. That's cool. How did you get that idea? As soon as we can afford one. Yeah. Um. So I was actually a, a high school team reached out to me about making them some custom branded and colored ball cups. the The two piece design, a hundred percent, was one of my best friends Nick's idea. Cool. Like that was that's how his brain works. When I have when I'm stuck on a CAD problem. It goes straight to him. He is my number one collaborator. Yeah, uh, he's he's taught me so much about workflow and using Fusion three hundred and sixty. So I can take about zero percent credit for the two piece design. Yeah, and he does get a royalty for his work. So whenever I sell them, um, he does get a kickback for helping me design the product. That's awesome. Um, By the way, you could you could yeah. make them stackable. I'm now realizing. I think. Yeah. If you wanted to, you could make a I'm, version I that was see what you're... concave and convex. 
and they stack one on top of the other. Yeah, I might have to, it might be I'm dangerous. Gonna, though. I might have to play around with that. League season's coming up, so it's uh, it's about time to start hitting up my pro shops for reorders and trying to find new ones. Yeah, wow. Um, you could sell that like yeah, nationwide so. too. That's what's cool as well is I see a lot of, I watch a lot of YouTube. And a lot of the recommendations is like, you know, find a local bar who needs little like uh, menu QR codes for their tables and you'll get an order of 50. Yeah, but then you're going to do all the R&D work for an order of 50. Here, it's the same product for every pro shop everywhere in the world. Pretty yep. cool. The only thing that changes is the text in the Fusion file. Yeah. If, I mean, if, if it's customized, yeah. That's very yeah, smart. Yeah, exactly. I can sell them blank too, but Shopmakers is the pro shop that I do all of my business with. They're like two hours from here, but it's worth it. The guy's, I mean, he's nationally wow. renowned. You can do also so. some very interesting guerrilla marketing on this. Like um, yeah. if I were in your position, I would I would literally, I'm, I'm really interested in marketing. I'm a student of marketing. I have been all my life. And, um, you know, it's one thing to like send an email to every pro shop, which you could do. You could hire someone on Fiverr to give you a list of a thousand pro shops. But I would probably hire someone, you know, to give me the find the addresses of a thousand pro shops throughout America. And I bet you could send this mm -hmm. uh, first class mail in a padded envelope for a dollar or two. So you're looking at two to two fifty for a, a ready-made package include your time three dollars to print out a letter hand sign it and then i would write like uh an excel script that would customize it so you know dear da 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 at da, 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 and you write like an excel formula that makes yeah. a customized letter for each one chat gpt mm -hmm. can write it for you and then I would send a sample to just physically a sample to a thousand pro shops throughout the country with an order link to order yep. online, like a form to order so that you don't get a thousand phone calls. You won't, but so you don't get a hundred phone calls. Yeah. And I bet you, you could drum up so much business. Holy shit. It's way, it's way more efficient than the cold calling that I was doing. Yeah. And it's, it's cold a visual sucks. thing. People are going to be like, nah, we sell, we sell whatever you know, yeah. existing solution is out there. By the way, if you really want to the to the next level, you, uh, but this would be too much work. Nah. Instead, you just put like your shop's name here on every one of those and you ship them out. Yep. Instead of doing them custom. And them out blank. Yep. But this is, this yeah, is an old exactly. technique that I learned from Joe Polish who learned it probably from one of the greats, you know, of the 1970s. Uh, and the, the 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 takeaway is never give a customer a pen with your company's name on it. Give them a pen with their company's name on it. You know, uh, and, and then every yep. time they because they'll good. keep the pen. Who is going to keep a pen with your name on it? But I have like pens that people have sent me that have my name on it. I think this was one of them, like a fancy pen. Yep. And I kept it, and now I i actually don't remember who gave me this because it was 10 years ago, but, you know, here it is. Here it is. Someone gave me this pen. You know, that's a video premise, too. Genius Network sent me this pen. It says Genius Network, but it says my name on it. And I keep it, and now we're we are now talking about Genius Network, a $25,000 a year mastermind I used to be a part of. 
So uh, that's a cool idea. Play with that. That that would make for a great video series, yeah. by the way, as as you pointed out, of like, yeah. here's my product. Now I want to get it in more hands. What's the scaling like? What's the you know business side? So, darn, darn, an excuse to buy more bamboos. Yep. Yep. Very <laughs> cool, man. Very very cool. And what about laser products? You said you did some laser products. It's, uh, yeah, so my grandpa and I do some woodworking stuff, so we've done a couple of custom trophy shelves for mm -hmm. some family friends, but honestly, the big one is I, last summer when I was bored, I bought an X-Tool D1 and their uh, rotary engraver, or their rotary attachment, and I've made a ton of custom tumblers. Yeah, you buy. I, I mean, I could always improve the margin on them by buying more of them wholesale, like through yep. Alley instead of Amazon. But I was yep. buying them for I don't, around six bucks a piece and selling them for twelve fifteen. So phenomenal! You're quite industrious. Good for you, man. Yeah, good for you. And I, I look expect at there's going to be I have and try to make money with it. There's going to be a moment. There's this moment that I've observed and many other like entrepreneurs have observed and I've talked with people about this over the last 20 years, there's a moment where it's like all or nothing, right? I had this moment in my first business where it's like, I, you got to take the jump, right? And decide like, am, do I want to do this or do I want to be a side hustle mm -hmm. entrepreneur? Stefan from CNC Kitchen, ModBot, a lot of like people in our space are still side hustle entrepreneurs and that's cool. You know, people have different risk tolerances, but there's a moment where you're like presented with the business. I don't think your business can grow significantly unless it is your main focus and dedicated kind of thing. And that's a decision. There's no judgment, you know, around that. But I think there's going to be yeah. a moment where you're like, I don't have the time to devote to growing this business. And it, it there's the, I call it the leap of faith moment, you know? So yeah very exciting it i love i love like i love scrappiness you know scrappy entrepreneurship of like well what you know how can i it's three dollars here but let me tell you i had a product in my last business this is going to make me look like a greedy entrepreneur but i invented a product which added functionality mm -hmm. to a set of lights that we would sell on bmws and it was we would hand assemble mm -hmm. them me my mom my friends my cat like hand assemble them but it was i don't know maybe a dollar worth of parts and then you know labor and we'd sell it i think for 27 dollars. it was like some wires and a relay and a couple crimped connectors so i was sitting there in high school like crimping so figure you know my labor i probably added five bucks but six bucks to 27 dollars. i think eventually we sold them for 19 and then we started just bundling them and people would buy the whole product from us instead i bought my first house largely because of those $27 purchases, you know what I mean? Or put, put the down wow. payment. I didn't buy it cash. Um, you know, a down payment on a house from little $27, you know, purchases. So there's so much potential. If you think big, mm -hmm. Kali in the comments said that you were going to talk about copyright. Tell me about that. I don't remember that. Oh yeah, so my uh, my ball cup. I actually um, I wasn't a hundred percent sure because I have no operating budget for a legal team. But sure. I started working on copywriting the design for my ball cups. I haven't posted those to printables or anything. 
I think it's, and I was really careful. Wouldn't it be patent for a design? I don't, I don't know because the 3D art, I wasn't sure. Hmm, that's a good point. In order to copyright if... something, like a name, copyright is usually name or a trade name or Which, words. I do have a name for them, so that right. was part of it. But it asked for the, so the copyright office, I haven't checked in on that in a while either. They asked for the uh, CAD files. Yeah, that's interesting. But I'm, yeah, in a world of open source and giving things away, I've been really protective of this one. All yeah. of my other designs, everything else that I make is available to download for free, but this is the one that I feel like can actually genuinely make money. Yeah. So I've been really protective of this. Like, it's not an inherently difficult design. No. I mean, it's really easy to copy, but I kind of wanted some sort of protection. So I didn't even post anything about these on social media at all until I was in a position where I was ready to go. Right. But you can also um, keep in actually, mind your target customer. I mean, unless someone starts a whole business and tries to really compete with you, your target customer, like, yeah. you know, if you create a brand and that's, that's ultimately like so much of business, right? If you create a brand, yeah. I mean, how many Android smartphones out there? People mostly buy the Samsung one, you know, there's like HTC yes. and all these other phones. They mostly buy the Samsung cause it's the brand. Mm-hmm. And uh, and how many tumblers are out there, right? People mostly buy what's the one? Come on, the big brand. Yeti and Arctic are the big two. Yeti, Arctic, and then there's the. My son uses their bottles. It starts with a C. They're mostly plastic. Doesn't matter. There's like branded bottles, and people just they buy the brand. Um, yeah. And so if if you're like the original, you know. Uh, I think there's something to be said about that with marketing and lifetime guarantee and stuff like that. It makes, it makes a difference. Mm-hmm. It makes a huge difference. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I'm, I'm learning. Um, I'm not afraid to admit when I'm wrong. So I'm definitely trying to learn uh, where, but that's uh, it's a design that legitimately outside of my co-designer on that one, my friend, Nick, the only person who actually has, my files that I use is actually uh, he's actually here in chat uh, Calix Um, he's a a local high school bowler um, who they have a 3D printing class at school and he wanted to make his own ball cups so uh, since his dad's on my team and Calix is kind of a buddy I gave him the files and I put his name on them so they were custom for him cool very cool Calix don't screw us man we got a good thing going here (laughs) (laughs) that's very cool man and uh so you've got a prusa now a bamboo i asked i i like to ask this question but it's always the same answer like what's what's the printer you most uh you most depend on what's your reliable printer your workhorse it's the bamboo i actually don't have the prusa anymore i traded it for an anchor make for a video okay cool yeah i traded the the, i traded the it's a printer Here's the thing. It looks good. It's polished aesthetically. Their slicer leaves some to be desired. Yeah. Um, functionally, like it's built on some old Cura fork, I think. Yeah. Uh, it's it's okay. What I percentage mean, of fast. your for sale products are you running off on the bamboo versus firing up all those printers behind you? Bamboo, hundred percent. Hundred percent. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My, my if I need thing- something to finish, it's the bamboo. Yeah, my thing, except the Chidi, 
now has entered into that now that I have it back working again because I broke it. Mm -hmm. That's going to be in my review video how I broke it. But um, it goes like bamboo, bamboo, bamboo because I got three of them. And then it's like, okay, if that's busy, I'll throw it on the cheaty. But actually, sometimes if I, I will say the the Sovels, the SVO sevens, they're they pay, mm -hmm. right? They pay me for advertising. But I wouldn't take them on as an advertiser if I didn't really believe in their product. And sometimes if I just don't want to deal with the yeah. hassle or like the AMS on one of my printers is acting up and like little things like that. There's been some cloud issues with Bamboo this week. So sometimes if I'm like, oh, I don't want to deal with the cloud, I'll just run stuff off on the Sovel. Um, yeah, but yeah. And, and then way down the line, it's like, okay, I'll print something on the K one or I, I will say my Voron's pretty high up there, yeah. but it's definitely it, the Voron is actually in terms of reliability for me after the Sovels. So I actually, I had it lined up. I was, uh, my Voron, I, so it's kind of a running joke in my friend group that I need to finish my Voron. I have a V2.4 okay. that I started building during R1. Two years ago, okay, it's been sitting at about seventy-five to eighty percent complete for over a year. Yeah, because I cannot make myself finish it. So yeah. I was going to, and I'm still trying to make this happen. Stream. I lined. Yeah, I I'm awkward on most live streams when I don't have. You're doing to great talk on to. this one, man. I did were way better. You're doing great. You're awesome. Thank you. You're super entertaining. Um, I just it's it's one of those. You get home from work and like I don't want to do it. Like I really? stare at it every single day because that's the printer that's in my bedroom right now. I stare oh, at it. I, and I just don't want to finish morons. it, but I want it to be done. It's fun for me. I do it. It. It's for me. It's a labor of love. I love doing it. I wish I had more time. This one I didn't even build myself. Yeah, I had Vladi we'll and see, and that's... help me. But I've now oh, got so three cool. of them, which I had varying levels of involvement in. It's fun, man. I don't know. For me, it's fun. It's a, it's a squirrel thing. I was having a blast while I was building it. I hit squirrel. I re I needed one screw. Yeah, and I got sidetracked, and didn't get back to work on it. Like when I first started building it, I was in a motorcycle accident. Oh no! Like legitimately, yeah. I started the build and then got rear-ended on my motorcycle by oh, no. another motorcycle. Yeah, broken ankle. My bike got totaled. That was like three months old. Um. Bummer. Frankly, if it wasn't for that motorcycle accident, I actually wouldn't have the shed that I'm in. So, ah, that kind of worked out. Like settlement. Yeah, yeah, they, uh, yeah, yeah, got some debts cleared up and bought a shed that I was going to put the new motorcycle in, and I've instead turned into a YouTube studio. Cool, man. Life gives you lemons. Hey guys, comment in the chat yeah. if you'd like to see me peer pressure Rem into doing a, a live stream for his Voron build. Who I would watch that. I'd watch you do a Voron build. You're very personable, likable, fun. Comment in the chat if you guys want to see that yeah. live stream. So it's I've been that's that's where I'm at right now. Is I'm also I really want to build a V zero, but again, going back to the at the moment, the channel has no operating budget, so I'm trying to convince somebody to send me a V zero kit. Okay, talk and, to man, uh, Fisette. I thought it was Fistech, but it's Fisette. Uh, talk to them because okay. they offered me one. I, I'm releasing a review on the LDO and the Cyborg, and I just don't need a third one. I reached talk out to, to I reached out to Cyborg and haven't I mean haven't got anything back from them. But I mean, on the grand scheme of things, I have 500 subscribers here and like 810 followers on TikTok. So 
Okay. When you compare it to other channels, I'm I'm on the small side, right. but doesn't stop me from sending those cold emails anyway. See what well, yeah, see what and, I can make happen. Yeah, you know, focus on growing the channel, man. That's that's my best advice to you. Is yeah. is all I I have a theory that all everything comes from the community, right? Like all the opportunities we get, all yeah, the income, absolutely. all comes from just growing the community, which is why I'm, you know, the bigger my community. First off, the more we can all help one another, we have a really good Discord channel and just wonderful people. But the more cool shit I can do for my audience, like I'm freaking going to China mm -hmm. for 10 days. That's amazing. Just because of the community I've built and because these brands know that although I'm not anywhere near the biggest channel, like my audience shows up and they watch my content. They're positive. They're open-minded. They're, you know, it's not the like the trolls of the 3d printing community um so it's all about just growing that channel we can have another a full conversation where i share like i said all my learnings on on growing the channel and you know uh i have i think one man i would love any tutelage that you have to offer let's do it you want to want to interview me i yeah i'd love to set something up for that because i'm that's the thing is I don't know any other creators that I can easily pick their brain. So I would love to do something like that. For sure. Happy to help. Uh, you can interview me on your show. You can interview me on my show, whatever, whatever you want. I, I'm like an open book because I really believe a rising tide raises all ships. This is not a competitive industry in the sense that like everyone who watches my videos, watches other people's videos. It doesn't take anything from me. Mm -hmm. You know, we can talk about like who gets the affiliate cookie first, which I try to, you know, I try to win at that game because it means more dollars in, in my employees bank accounts than mine. But, uh, besides that, like I've got nothing to hide, man. And, and, uh, everything, everything I'm doing can be reproduced better than someone else. I once heard Tim Ferriss say like, um, he's like, He's like, I, I, you know, as, as soon as the podcast blew up, I did a podcast episode explaining step by step everything I've done and, and exactly how to reproduce my success. And to date, just the only reason that he still has one of the biggest podcasts is like no one has just done exactly what I've said. Not that he's like the smart guru or that I am, but he's like, all you need to do to beat me is just do what I'm doing and do it better, which someone could do. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and, you know, I'm not doing anything special. I've just, uh, I, I am a student of the medium. I came to this as a, as a profession, as a new profession. And I just went in and, and said, okay, fine. I know a lot about making videos and writing, but I know shit about YouTube. And so let me study this and just learn how I win at this game. And the information is out there, yeah. you know, and, and I'm happy to, I think if I'm good at anything, it's taking a lot of information and just condensing it and, and explaining it and teaching it. So yeah, I'm more than happy to, when I get back from China, uh, share everything. I Absolutely. Have. Yeah, man. Super happy to help. Ram, how can we support you? We've come up on time here. Uh, how can we support you? Uh, we've put a link to the channel, um, but where can people check you out? Honestly, the big thing is just engaging with the channel. Like I've, that's that's the big thing. I mean, if you like what I'm doing or you don't like what I'm doing, leave a comment on the video and let me know what's up. Like, I want to improve and I want to do more of what people want to see. So that's if you can't take feedback, you shouldn't do anything professionally. I mean, that's feedback, both positive and negative, those are those are huge. And that's the big one, man. You can't grow without it. So that's I, I mean, think one of I'm glad you engaging. mentioned that. 
because it is one of my secrets to success, right? I said, I have the best community in the world. Even when they give me feet, you know, criticism, I take it. Like you can look at my old comments of like, I hate how this guy does this. And I, I take it all, all. I even got a comment, like I yeah. take it all and I implement. I even got a comment that's like, this guy's big nose is in my screen. I went out and I bought a wider angle lens because yeah, that was maybe like a slightly anti-Semitic you know, diss on my appearance, fine. But there is an element of right. truth to even that diss that like, and or if someone's like, oh, this guy's shilling. So my, the next video I write, I will specifically say like, hey, this video was paid for and they had creative, in, you know, specifically saying like, hey, they had creative input. This is a pay the a bills video. Um, just so, so, you know, take, as you said, taking that feedback has just made my channel grow like crazy. Like every single good or bad comment is data for me. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, I try to implement the same thing. Like one of the greatest compliments I've gotten so far is on like my third video, somebody called me an LTT shill because I was using the line of tech tip screwdriver, which is a product that I actually carry as a part of my EDC in my backpack. Yeah. thought that was hilarious. I thought about framing it and putting it on the wall behind me because it made me yeah. so happy that in three videos, I got a hate comment. Yeah. There's a huge part of that too. And also like, do not be afraid to use the block button. That's, that's my, that's no. one of my other pieces of advice is like, Delete. there's, there's advice. Delete there there is criticism right. that sometimes you can't even, you know, yeah. you can't even find the, well, no, there's always like, oh, you did this wrong or, oh, this sucks. Like I always try, but if something is just hateful, you know, like someone else will tell me the same feedback in a, in a more kind way. You also have to, I think, be really cautious about maintaining your uh, well-being, emotional well-being. So, and that's that is something that has is and will be a goal of mine. And I've already discussed it with cameraman Bo. That's uh, cameraman Bo. We we have a kind of diversified yeah. We have a kind of a diversified content strategy. So like projects and. Big stuff is for full-length videos, personal projects. That's what we're using short form for. So, like, I'm probably going to feature. This is actually a nice. nicely designed box for uh, the Gridfinity stuff. So it's actually cool. a box on printables now with latches. I'm so excited for these. So They're you can take the stuff with you and nice. it won't rattle around. Yes, Damn, yes, and it's got six lat six latches on it, man. It's on the Wait, front page of printables right now. How can you decide how high it is? Is it parametric? So it's, uh, he has released the CAD files or okay. she, or the, the content or the, the modeler has released the CAD files. So, and so you don't essentially, have to do all six latches. Wow. We could have talked the whole podcast episode about this. I didn't know you were a Grinfinity team. Yeah. So essentially what I Getting can do if something is shorter is I could just print blanks and Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. I'm right. super stoked about these. But that's uh, that's page. gonna be a coming full length video. Okay. Oh, it was it. there. I'll uh, I'll send you the link. Cool, man. All right, um, we got to wrap. That's, that's the thing. I just wanna have fun. Awesome, guys. Make sure to check out Rem's channel. It will be in the description and in the comments. Rem, thanks for spending your time with me here today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Have a great day, man. All right. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Infill Podcast. 
For show notes or links to anything mentioned in today's episode, visit thenextlayer.com. If you enjoyed the episode, please don't forget to leave us a review wherever you're listening or click the like button to let us know and consider subscribing to The Next Layer on YouTube so you can tune in live and participate in the next conversation. We'll see you on The Next Layer.